Welcome. This is Jessica Ortner, and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hi, friends. It is such a pleasure to come to you. This is a special show. I recorded it when I was very, very pregnant, and now I'm on the other side. I'm a mom. I have a gorgeous two-and-a-half-month-old, Enzo Martin. He is a joy. He's so smiley. Motherhood, man, there's a big learning curve. It's been one of the hardest things I've ever done and one of the most rewarding. I'm still on maternity leave, but I wanted to come out with this show and I'll probably come out with new shows in a few more months. I'm kind of enjoying this time with Enzo now before I jump back into work. But I'm excited to share one of my dear friends, her work with all of you. Erin is someone that I text regularly. She's one of, she's part of really my support system. And especially as a new mom, she's also a mom as well. And I talk about that in the beginning, but let me give you a little introduction about Erin and her amazing work. Erin is an author, she's a coach, she's a fitness expert, and she has a great TV show. And she's really um, a great entrepreneur. And she has just come out with this new book called Mantras in Motion. I'm not going to say too much because when I jumped on with Erin, I kind of talked about already how much she influenced my life and why I wanted her to be on the show. So I'm not going to delay. I'm just going to pop in just to send you guys all love. And I'm also curious if you want to hear more about my journey as a new mom and my labor and any of those things, any resources I have, um, head over to Instagram. You can find me at Jessica Ortner and just send me a message and let me know that it's a show you'd be interested in listening to. Um, I don't know how many of you are new moms or just are interested in kind of birthing stories, but they are very transformational and I'm happy to share if it interests you and happy to not share if you guys don't really care. I'm here to serve and give you information that's going to improve the quality of your life. So you let me know. And in the meantime, enjoy this show. Welcome, Erin. Thanks, Jess. I'm so happy that we could do this. I mentioned in the intro that technically I'm on maternity leave. <laughs> when people are listening to this right now, I'm not there yet. But And I told everybody I wasn't recording any more podcasts, so except yours. <laughs> because, oh my God, I'm so honored. Because you have had such a big influence on my life. I mean, let's backtrack a little bit. When did we meet? I was trying to think of this. Was it 2008? 12 or around then around then Mm -hmm. we've become really close friends we've seen each other get married I've seen you have a beautiful baby girl and get a tv show and now you're writing this book and it's um, amazing to witness your journey as a friend but it's also what's really interesting about this and what's um, why I'm excited to share is that I have a lot of experts but I don't intimately know every expert I interview. And so I never really know if they practice what they preach. I assume, <laughs> I assume they do. I assume the best. But it's been amazing to be your friend and to see your work evolve and to see the way that you use it every day in your life. 
and how much it's inspired me. I mentioned you in my very first book, The Tapping Solution um, for Weight Loss and Body Confidence, and we've taught at Omega together. Anyway, I love yeah. you, and I'm I like love you, and I'm a fan, and I'm Aww. a friend. <laughs> so I'm yeah, happy that I, you're here. I love you. I love. Um... I love a, obviously how we've come together as friends because your friendship is amazing. And I also love, um, just how much our work has, uh, overlapped with each other and how complimentary it is. And I always, I have to say, I mean, your listeners already, already know how amazing you are, but if you've never had a chance to, um, work with Jess in person or live, you must, because even like our time, I, I obviously knew you were always amazing at what you did. But when we got to be in Omega for a whole weekend teaching together, teaching what we both know so well and so intimately, um, it was it was so amazing to see you do your thing so seamlessly, beautifully, and powerfully with all of those people that were there to um, work with us. So Thank that was you. just a, a tip to your listeners to get to see you live. <laughs> yes. I think <laughs> in the future we'll have to do something live together again, for sure. Yeah. We'll bring the babies. Uh, we'll bring the babies. Yes. <laughs> So one of the things that impacted me the most when it came to your work is that you really helped me change the way that I looked at movement. So I was already on this journey, but you took it to a whole new level. You know, when in the past, when I looked at movement, movement was simply exercise and exercise was simply a punishment for being fat or not being good enough or for needing to change. So I grew up with Mm. a really unhealthy relationship with exercise. And suddenly I, I realized I needed to begin to change my association with movement because it's so important. But when I came across your work, it was like you put heart and soul and more meaning into movement. And I began to realize that moving our body is so much more than just fitness. Can you tell us a little bit about why movement is so important to incorporate into our lives? Yeah. Well, I mean, we were, we were born to move. That's just like right then and there. That's it. I, it's so, it's been so fascinating to my, my daughter right now while recording this is 10 months and it's so fascinating to watch her go from sort of, uh, this just, they always say like new, new babies are just like a blob, right? They don't do much from this kind of like blob of like just laying there into rolling over into crawling into standing, into stepping, like you really truly watch. It's such an honor and a privilege to watch the evolution of a human being in regards to movement. And you really see from that perspective that we were simply born to move. It's what our bodies want to do. It's what they long to do. And, and furthermore, there's so much joy that comes from moving our body. Again, going back to my daughter, you know, I see when music comes on and she starts to just naturally move. Um, and there's joy in, in her when she get when she figures out that she can move from one place to the next. There's so much joy in that. And I think over time, as we become adults, we forget that joy of movement and we overcomplicate it. And like you said, we attach uh, movement to exercise and we attach exercise to meaning that it's a punishment uh, for eating too much the day before, for not being able to fit into the genes you want to fit into, you know, and a lot of people have negative association with movement as well from, <clears throat> from the time they were kids. If you were that kid in gym class who wasn't the star athlete, um, or ended up, you know, when you had those tests where you had to run the mile and you ended up walking, oh, I hated um, those. <laughs> they, they were the worst. They really were the worst. 
Um, and then you, you know, you now identify with the fact that I'm, I'm not a good athlete. I'm not good at moving. I don't like it. Um, and I, and you create this association with exercise and fitness that unfortunately is not, um, is not what I think it actually is when you allow yourself to move, uh, freely and with joy, whether it's with music, obviously I do a lot of work with mantras. Um, and, uh, I think that there's just, there can be so much joy in movement that we forget and we don't have to take it so seriously. It doesn't have to be about squats or pushups or anything. Movement, movement can be walking and that alone can transform your entire day, a 15 minute walk. Yes, absolutely. It's shocking to me how many people I've worked with that when we dig deep uh, when it comes to the, the negative associations to movement and fitness, it goes right back to something that happened to them in the second grade with gym class, you know, mm-hmm. some traumatic experience. But if you rewind further back before you had the structure of having to compete, you see little kids and they're not working out. They're just no, they're just moving. <laughs> they're they're playing. Just moving. They're playing. They're moving. They're dancing. They're jumping. They're spinning. They're falling. You know, it's it's really remarkable to see young children move. Um, and that's what I'm passionate about helping people reconnect to <clears throat> that real joy and the discovery of your own body of how your own beautiful body can move through space. Right. Well, your new book is called Mantras in Motion, Manifesting What You Want Through Mindful Movement. So let's let's talk about mindful movement for a moment. Why do you believe it's so important to incorporate these two aspects, the, the mind side of it with the mantras and the, the physical movement? Well, the mantras are really there, um, to help with exactly what we've just been talking about to help change that negative association that one might have towards movement. So what's a mantra, first of all? So a mantra, you know, we, I like to look at them as affirmations, positive statements, um, words that are in, uh, statements that are in the affirmative and in the present tense. So anything from, um, I am tuned in, I step into the flow I have all that I need, the rest I let go. Um, so, so when I use a mantra, I like for them to be short. I like for them often to rhyme because I think there's something about the rhythm of, of a rhyme that actually helps you remember it and it feels good um, to say out loud. And so, so mantra is just about taking, taking and reframing anything into the positive. And so, you know, a lot of times, if you think about this, everyone, I want you to, I want you to just think the last time you exercise, we'll say, And let's say it was in those first five minutes of when you began to exercise, because I always find the first five minutes to be the hardest, um, because you're warming up your, your, your muscles aren't ready to go. Your mind's not in it yet. And there's often a lot of resistance within those first five minutes of movement and me. And then there's resistance that comes up again as it gets hard again Mm -hmm. throughout. So what happens usually in those first five minutes, and then again later, is you start to go up into the minute you're, because you're uncomfortable, you're physically uncomfortable, you go up into a negative conversation inside your own head. This is hard. I don't feel like it. I'm not good at this. Why did I eat so much yesterday? Uh, I'm never going to lose the weight. So take a moment, listeners, like to really think what is that negative conversation that you have when you start to move your body? Just does anything come up for you around that that you can think of? Yeah, I was actually reflecting back at when it was a big struggle and Mm -hmm. when I really, I would exercise, but I did it from a place of punishing myself. And the the biggest thing was an emotion of embarrassment. 
of mm. I can't believe I'm this slow. And it's interesting because you take a class mm. and when you're insecure, you swear everybody's looking at you, but nobody cares. Like nobody right. cares what you're doing. Everyone's in their own world, but those insecurities can come up and suddenly uh, you just don't want to go back because you, you just feel embarrassed. Totally. So that, and that's a huge one, especially in a class. I think that's the one I hear the most is this sort of sense of embarrassment. Um, so, so there you're sitting there and you're there for a good reason and you want to have a good experience. And all you can think about is, oh my God, I'm like the slowest one here or everyone's staring at me. So the reason why we start to incorporate mantras into the movement is because really no two things can occupy the same space at the same time. Meaning you can't be thinking, oh my God, everybody's staring at me. And also be thinking, I am powerful. I am amazing at the same time, right? <laughs> you're, you're already thinking one or the other. That, that, those are your two options there. And so the mantras are really there to kick out and replace any of that negative thinking so that you can become more present into your body, into the moment, into the movement. So that you are standing there when that class, actually that the mantra that I just shared is actually the mantra that I use in the warm up in my uh, shrink session class. We, we start right away by moving the body and saying, I am tuned in. I step into the flow. I have all that I need. The rest I let go. And we say that as a way of saying, like, in this moment, I am just tuning into the best parts of myself. I'm tuning out the noise. I'm tuning, tuning out any stress. I'm tuning out any worry. I'm tuned in. I step into the flow, meaning I'm going to move into a place that's full of ease, a flow where I'm not overthinking anything, where I'm not overanalyzing. And then we say, and this is, we're, we're doing this while you're moving your body in a coordinated way. Uh, I have all that I need. Meaning in this moment, I'm exactly where I need to be. My body is as it should be. My mind is as it should be. I have what I need in my life to take the next step. And then we say the rest I let go. So any extra stuff, any extra BS, I can just let it go in this moment so I can be here now. And it's really incredible what happens in those first three minutes of the warm up because it gives everybody an opportunity to become present in their minds and in their bodies and in their hearts and in the room. And once we start off on that foot, then we can say, all right, let's go, let's have an experience now. Let's move our bodies together. Now that we got all that crap out of the way, let's really, let's really move. And then I think, you know, the mantras come back into play later on in a workout. So I'll have everyone just reflect for a second. So you, you're in this workout, you're in a class, maybe it's a 45 minute class and you're, you know, maybe three quarters of the way through and it's getting hard. And do you ever notice like where your mind goes at that point? I just go to, I hate this, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, <laughs> totally. Like this is horrible. I hate this. Uh, as simple as that. And so again, no two things can occupy the same space at the same time. So what happens is, if you're thinking, you know, there was actually, there was a study, there was a study done on, um, on what really impacts fatigue in the body and what they, what they discovered, they actually split people into two groups and it, they were, had them, uh, cycling. And one group was given the opportunity to use affirmations while they were going. So they were saying, you know, I am powerful. I got this. I can do this. The other group, uh, was, was told not to do anything. They just went about their regular, uh, cycling. And what they discovered is that the people who were saying the positive affirmations, the mantras were able to last longer. Um, they were able to go harder. They got more out of their, their workout. And, and what they really discovered was that fatigue doesn't necessarily happen in the body first. Mm -hmm. It happens in the mind first. 
So when you get to that three quarter point of your exercise and you start to say, I hate this, well, the body's starting to get tired, but it's really the mind that's starting to give in and give out. And the mind is kind of saying like, I'm checked out, I'm done. And therefore you kind of often will stop at that point. You know, that's where we stop three quarters of the way. And so when we incorporate mantras in that point of the workout, let's say you get to that three quarter point where you're starting to get tired and you say, I am powerful. I got this. I can do it. Yes. Uh, it really has an impact on the rest of the workout. And then I just want to add like, so, so this is powerful for just exercise and movement, right? And what happens is, is now you actually are, because you can be present in the moment and you don't have all that negative conversation happening while you're moving, you actually come back to enjoying movement again because, yes. uh, because you're born to move, right? And when we don't have that negative association, we can just be moving our bodies in the moment like we were born to do. Um, and, and I and love, so, okay. Mm-hmm. I, well, I was, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I love to, to say that, if it's not pleasurable, it's not sustainable. And the moment we allow ourselves to have more pleasure around fitness and movement, even if we're pushing ourselves, that pleasure makes it so much easier to come back. Now we have the desire instead of pushing ourselves and, you know, trying to criticize ourselves to work out, we actually feel pulled towards it. And it's a whole, it's a completely different experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, yes, you want to come back to it again. You remember that feeling you remember, you even have that sensory memory of that feeling towards the end of like, Oh man, I I finished hard. I did it. You know, I overcame something, you know, even that, even that little small part of your brain that says in like, it remembers, I overcame that moment when I was, when I wanted to say, I hate this. And I moved into a powerful moment. That's powerful for you on a personal level. And that's, what's going to keep you coming back and moving. And where this really, you know, translates into what I talk about in the book, which is manifest. Okay. So great. So great. This, this all works for movement, but let's talk about manifesting what you want in your life, right? How does this translate into your life? Well, you know, I find, and, and you could tell me if you see this with, with your um, clients as well, and just in your own life, that this, this is very common that we get to a three quarter point it towards our goal, let's say, whether it's, writing a book or starting a new business or anything that you want to accomplish in your life. We often get to that three quarter point and the same thing happens. We cut, we start, we, we come up against some sort of resistance, whether it's fear, doubt, uh, whether we start complaining, um, a common form of resistance, whether we start to say that we're overwhelmed, another common form of resistance, whether we move into, um, perfectionism where we're saying, well, if it's, it's not perfect, what I've done so far is not perfect. So I'm just going to stop, right? There's all these forms of resistance that I talk about in the book and what, and how can we use the experience of moving your body with mantras to translate into accomplishing what it is that you want in your life? Well, again, you're going to take this concept of being at the three quarter point towards your goal. And instead of petering out or experience a resistance and giving into it, you've got this new, uh, connection with these powerful thoughts, these powerful words in your body that says, no, I'm going to finish strong. I can do this. I believe in myself. I am powerful. Right. And so, and so that's how it begins to translate into your life as well. So what's fascinating about your book and this work is that you can apply it to say that longer workout, which, you know, we want to try to work out more consistently and give ourselves a nice chunk of time. But the other side of it is in your book, you have shorter exercises that are just a few minutes, like when you just Mm -hmm. need to get out of your head. And this is where I feel like our work fits really nicely together because I am an overthinker 
And it's the reason that I love tapping because tapping gets me out of my head and back into my body. Mm. And the moment I can feel strong and centered in my body, then I think differently. But if I try to solve a challenge before moving or before tapping, it's like I'm it's almost like how Einstein says you're you're using the same type of thinking that created the problem. Exactly. And so the movement really gets us out of our head. And then with just doing a few minutes, like I've had moments where I felt so stuck that I will turn to one of your mantras and one of your exercises in the book and just do it for three minutes. And then when I sit down, I feel like I'm a, I'm a different person. <laughs> I really yeah. do. It's like, I'm suddenly like, oh, I'm back. Okay. Um, yeah. And so we know that this experience in the moment changes our state. What have you seen? How have you seen it impact people um, outside of working out? I mean, you touched upon it a little bit already, but just any other thoughts about how doing moments of these mantras and in motion can help us when we're looking to change our career or get in a relationship? Yeah, I think, you know, I, the, as we talked about those longer workouts, they're great, but I don't think that's what the, what it, what necessarily you need to have the biggest impact on your life. Mm-hmm. I think that there's an opportunity here and to get up for five minutes, move your body, change your thinking, change your perspective. And like you said, you're sitting down with a completely new attitude. You feel different. You see different, you're thinking different. You, you approach a problem differently. And so even in those five minutes, you're basically reprogramming the way you think, which is similar to tapping, right? You're reprogramming how you, uh, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about your situation. And so throughout the book, there's several um, opportunities and journaling exercises to help the reader get clear on what it is that they do want to create in their lives. And that could be anything from, like you mentioned, um, you know, a relationship or uh, a career change. But I also like people to focus on and give people the opportunity to focus on anything that you want to cultivate within yourself. So sometimes, you know, what the goal is to just simply cultivate more Mm self-love or more self-confidence. And those things are in some ways more powerful than any of the external desires that one could have. Um, so we, I talk about that a lot in the book. And so I help you get clear on what you want. And then I help you also uncover the beliefs that you might have about that thing and what's preventing you from moving towards, towards that. And so, and then we talk about taking inspired action. And I talk about, um, how do you allow more things into your life? How do you move into a state of allowing and accepting where you are? Um, how do you cultivate courage, more courage to move towards what you want? So, so with each chapter that I take the reader through, I'm talking about these different things that it takes to create what you want in your life. And then we take those themes and turn them into movement so that the concept of, let's say courage, right? You and I could talk about courage all day long, right? We could talk about it and it could be a very intellectual conversation where we both agree and understand what it means to be courageous in your life. But then we get out into the world and our body's like, yeah, but I don't feel courageous. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know what that feels like. And so with the movement and the mantra, I want the the reader to feel courageous. I wanted them to know what it feels like in their bodies, in their muscles, in their cells, in their bones to, to be walking in courage. And so that's where we begin to combine what you just learned in the chapter about the intellectual concept of courage, and then put it into your body, put it into motion. 
And one of the mantras that stood out in the book that I loved was, I let my desire guide me. I do what feels right. I stay true to my vision. I keep love in sight. And that ties in really nicely to also not only going externally to creating things, but really getting clear on our own intention, on keeping love in sight. Yeah, I think, you know, and I think that desire is a funny thing. And it's why I wanted to do a chapter on it, because I think there's so many instances, particularly as women, I will say that we struggle with trusting what our desires are. And from the like frivolous desires that we might have to the bigger ones, the bigger dreams, um, we're not always willing to truly listen to them and tap into them and honor them. And so I wanted to create a mantra that allowed people to really hone in on the fact that they can trust their desires and their vision and their vision, and that they're going to really let that desire, whatever that is pulsing in them, be the guide for them to move forward. Right. I know that these affirmations, these mantras are, it's a really important and incredible daily practice, and it only takes a few minutes. I will say, though, that I have turned to these mantras in this movement on those days where you wake up and you're nervous about something. You know, a lot of times, like, we have something coming up, and nervousness is a very physical reaction, right? When you feel nervous, it's like you feel a tightness in your stomach, and Um, It might be because you need to have a difficult conversation or um, ask for a raise at work or you're just doing something new. And starting the day with feeling powerful, it's like once you can hone into that emotion and physically feel it, then that guides you. It almost is like it creates a momentum and you can ride a wave instead of feeling like every step you're trying to force it. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't take long, you know, whether it's, I'm sure people experience, um, you know, short meditation in the morning, this it's similar. It doesn't take a whole lot. It really is five minutes of your time and your day to focus your attention and your energy. And, and one thing that I, that I love about the work, um, and why I do it is that if you're someone who loves, um, if you, if you love affirmations, you like writing your affirmations, you know, if you like, uh, meditation. You like what the, you like the benefits of meditation, but maybe you struggle with sitting still for a long time. Um, what I love about this work is that it really combines so many of these wonderful self-development elements into one full body experience. Um, so that you're getting those benefits of meditation, the concentration, the stress reduction, you're getting the benefits of writing your mantras, focusing your mind, focusing on what you want, and you're getting them into your body. So it's, it's a, it's a trifold approach, you know? Right. You have a lot of great mantras in your book, and I'd love to hear a few more mantra suggestions. But first, I'd like to ask, is this something that we can create ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. People um, people create their own mantras all the time. The one, one way that I'd like to help people do that is, um, this is sort of the simplistic form, but is to write down write, write down what your fears are. Write down what you're believing in the moment. That's not a belief that's not working for you. So um, it could be, uh, I I hate exercise, um, or or let's let's think of it in terms of relationships. Let's just say. So maybe the fear is I'll always be alone. Um, I'm I'll never find someone uh, that that I can trust. So then you take those those fears and you simply just turn them around into a positive statement you know? And so that could be, I'll find the perfect person and the perfect time. Mm. So even just that 
I'll find the perfect person in the perfect time for me. I'll find the perfect person in the perfect time for me. You could just simply take that phrase and let's say you are going for a walk or you're going uh, on the elliptical machine and you've got your music going and you hear the rhythm and the rhythm's like, right? And you can start saying, I'll find the perfect person in the perfect time for me, the perfect person in the perfect time. You know, you make like a whole song out of it and you start to move your body to that or whatever, or if you want to go slow. So there's, there's really you, you, there's the possibility to get really creative with it, but I think it starts by addressing your fears, address, addressing your negative beliefs, and then turning those into positive statements and starting there. I love that. And you can tell you start to say it and you feel different in your body. Um, I started using a mantra last night because I mean, obviously, as everybody knows, I'm like super pregnant and doctor thinks the baby's already like nine pounds. So I'm just like ready. But uh, it could be a while longer. And there is this I found myself being like, oh, I'm so ready. And also dreading the fact that it could be another two or three weeks. And so I started thinking about mantras. And I just came up with this baby already has a birthday. I just have to wait and see. Mm, and man. it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> right, 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 right. But you know, a mantra works. I mean, someone else could hear that and think uh, it doesn't sound powerful to me. But you know, a mantra mm. works when you say it and you go, oh, like, yes, yes. And the moment I said that, like, it's not in my hands. This this baby's bigger than me. It has its own soul, it has its own birthday when it's going to come in. All I'm doing is waiting to see. It was like I could physically feel the difference in my body. Mm. I love that. Yeah, I love that. That's a great tip to begin to create our own mantras. You shared a mantra with us earlier, but can you just share a few others that we can kind of take note down and use for ourselves? Yeah. So when it comes to, for example, taking action, let's say, you know, sometimes we, there's big actions that we want to take in life. There's small little actions. I find one of the biggest reasons people kind of prevent themselves from taking action is just simply fear, fear of the unknown, fear that they'll get rejected, fear that they won't know how to do it right. So here's a great, um, a great mantra around taking action. And when you say, it's my time, today is the day I will feel the fear and I will do it anyway. And that I'm sure some of you are familiar with, I will feel the fear and I will do it anyway. It's actually a book by Susan Jeffers, who is an incredible author. And, uh, I think an author with Hay House, quite frankly, um, who has since passed on, but so it's my time today is the day I will feel the fear and I will do it anyway. And that's a great one. When you find yourself kind of resisting, taking, taking some action, that'll Um, give you some courage. Yeah. That'll give you some courage. That'll give you definitely some courage. And then we can also do when we feel overwhelmed and we think something's not going to work out. So this is a great one for that. I release my doubts. It's all working out. Love is all around. I am breaking new ground. One more time, please. I I release my doubts. It's all working out. Love is all around. I am breaking new ground. Now, I will say to the listeners, if if you think that sounded powerful, just hearing it, wait till you move to that mantra. 
It's a yeah. whole other level. So in your book, you have these great exercises. You have the mantras. You have the movements. It's something that we can do if we want a longer exercise movement experience. And it's also something we can do if we just have two minutes and need to just shake it out and get in that powerful state of mind. Can you tell us um, a bit more about your book and where we can pick it up and just anything else we should know about it? Yeah. So the book is, I think by the time this airs, maybe it'll be officially out. Um, You can come over to erinstutland.com slash book. And, um, the book is there and we've got some great, uh, bonuses right now. There's uh, I put together a really fun magical manifestors, uh, video workshop with me. That'll take you through a manifesting process and some of my manifesting secrets. Um, and, um, and I, I feel so honored to be published with Hay House. So you can find it all on the Hay House website as well. And Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, and I think it's, a uh, what I, what I'm most proud about the book is I feel like I've really taken and encapsulated a lot of these concepts that I know we work so hard on, uh, getting better at in our lives. And, and I'm hoping that through the journaling, through the meditations and through the movement that it's really going to help create, help people create movement in their lives. Cause as you know, what I believe is that movement in your body creates movement in your life. And that's really what I want to see happen for people. Perfect. And Erin, I have two questions that I like to ask all new guests. So the first question is, can you share something with us that in the moment seemed horrible, but ended up becoming a big blessing? Well, I mean, I guess what's on my mind right now because of where you are, you know, when I was pregnant, those last final weeks were so tough. And it was like, I mean, I, I think you're doing way better than I did. I, I complained to my husband every single day for probably at least two weeks. Um, and it was just so hard and I was so uncomfortable. And, you know, I'm, I live in New York City, so I had to walk everywhere and I couldn't walk and I was so tired. And um, it just, those, those seemed so hard. And then once she was here, I mean, I, I, the joy that you are about to experience is unmatched. I can't even put it into words. It was worth, it was worth every uncomfortable moment without a doubt. Oh, thank you. I needed to hear that. (laughs) And uh, my last question is a little more on the silly side. I love it. Nonetheless, if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? Ooh, I would be, I, I'm going to go with a bird. Um, I just, I, I want the ability to fly. But give us a bird. Like, what are you going to be? A hawk? Are you going to be a blue jay? Oh. Are you going to be a pigeon? I'm not going to be a pigeon. I'm not going to be a pigeon. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to be um, an eagle. An eagle soaring over, like, through the mountaintops and all over. Um, that's going to be, that would what, that. what I would choose. I thought you were going to say, I was trying to think about it for you. Like if I had to choose an animal for you. And I wonder I, if what you're going to say is, was actually my first instinct. I was going to say dolphin. To oh start. my God, that's not what I was thinking. That's so funny. Why dolphin? Um, because they like dance. They just move. They're mm. fun. Like there's just mm. like so much movement. They're always jumping out of the water. Totally. I thought it was going to be dolphin or a bird. What was your, oh, what was your other my thought? First, my first thought was like a, um, like a tiger, like, cause they're just like so fast and powerful and strong. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. But then I was like, but then I was like, but I want to fly. 
People always, I think I've only like shared this once, but mine, I have, I have like, I think I have two, but my big one is a gorilla. Really? Yeah. They're just like, they're all about family and community Mm -hmm. and they're really loving. But if you mess with them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they'll Mm -hmm. knock you down. They're mostly vegetarian. I'm not vegetarian, but they're like 90% vegetarian. Um, And they just sit around and eat all day. And that sounds great. And then the and then the other one is like a sea otter because they do the same thing. They just lie on their back and they hold hands. And they hold hands. They're so cute. Like the sea and they just like eat and hang yes. out with friends. So everybody else is like flying, powerful. I'm like eating, family, <laughs> eating and hanging around. Yes. Totally. Oh I love that. I love that. Oh, well, Aaron, thank you so much. And for those who are listening, don't miss out. Aaron really has some amazing bonuses that won't be out forever. So check it out. Aaron, can you give us the website again? Yeah. AaronStotland.com forward slash book. Perfect. Aaron, thank you so much. Thanks, Jess.